early geosanity episode 89 back with pastor andrew and i i want to talk actually this time about sanity and insanity peter i think that american society has a serious problem with mental illness yes it has highly unhealthy attitude towards psychiatry yes. and psychiatric illness. Yes. I became aware of it uh, during Thanksgiving when uh, uh, on our hike we came across completely dilapidated, uh, otherwise originally beautiful, clearly, uh, sanatorium in Stony Point. Mm. Very well laid out, uh, large compound originally beautiful with a theater and churches and, and one floor pavilions for treatment of people. Uh, they used to have their own uh, farm which produced uh, food for all of uh, for all the people who lived there mm. and had a surplus. They had workshops where people can enjoy really doing what they were learning to do or work. Mm. That's what I came across. And at the same time, I know living now in Manhattan, having church on Broadway and uh, living just a few blocks up, uh, I'm seeing all these mentally ill uh, homeless people freezing yeah. on the streets. Winter is coming right now. Uh, and... Uh, I, I think that we should be able to treat these people better. And all of that, I think, is going back to our unhealthy uh, attitude towards uh, psychiatric illness. Uh, I, I know at least partly uh, how that the hospital was or how that uh, sanatorium was closed. Uh, with the promises of new uh, uh, medications uh, becoming available uh, for treatment of psychosis and, and so mm. on in, um, in, in 70s and in 80s. But for that to work, uh, there will have to be some framework to, to make the people take medications. Uh, yeah. If they are left uh, alone to their own devices, very often they don't take them. And uh, if they don't have structure, they end up on, on, a, on a sidewalk in a big city where they are partly lost and partly surviving. They develop marvelous skills <laughs> of survival. I would not be able to survive on the street. They clearly uh, at least partly can. Uh, but I, I think that we should know better, that there should be some better way. Yeah. And, you know, like when they close these hospitals and these, um, these sanatoria and left that completely vacant or substantially vacant, uh, 
that that is not the way to go. Uh, I saw it working relatively well uh, in Europe. Uh, I, I was a pastor in Prague. Uh, uh, that parish or district was Prague 8. And on the territory of Prague 8 was an equivalent, slightly smaller sanatorium, similar to that Stony Point sanatorium, still functioning and well-functioning. And I would go there and I was taking their people and I was visiting their people because it was on a, my, in my parish. Then pastors who had patients uh, sent there for treatment from all over Czech Republic would call me. They knew that I was there and I would go and visit their parishioners there. Mm. You know, because not always it was reasonable for them to travel several hours to see their parishioners who were there for sometimes just two weeks for treatment of depression, say, you know, uh, deeply rooted depression or for some other reasons. so I would go there. The other the occasion was that we had a group of ecumenical clergy and there was a church in the center of that sanatorium and we would have services there and we would rotate who, who, uh, doing it. Mostly, I think it was Wednesday. And, uh, you know, it was similar to that s- situation here in Stony Point. Yeah. Because uh, there was also a large farm there, where they are still growing their own vegetables and everything. They have their, I think that they have their own milk from that farm. Mm. Uh, they, they have a horse farm, which they use for uh, uh, hippotherapy. That means uh, treatment by riding a horse. It's a thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and for themselves and then for other places uh, in, in a large area, because the people who were injured for uh, so for injury treatment, but also for mental uh, illness, uh, being in a contact with horse, yeah. uh, well trained horse, is is beneficial. Yeah, uh, and 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 so on. So that that is my my, my introduction to it. Uh, you, you know and. Uh, and, and I see similar things, uh, or I saw while visiting the dilapidated sanatorium or walking through it uh, this Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I, I see the similar things being there and completely ruined. Mm. And, and I know that there were some abuses of psychiatry here in the United States, which were captured on film and, and so on. Uh, I think partly it is just... Uh, naive and non-professional approach of well-wishing journalists who don't have the thorough understanding, you know, of of mental illness. Because uh, even in Prague, there were like two pavilions out of, I don't know how many, 20, who were locked. Once I went to a locked pavilion, uh, I, I was visiting a person who was mm. in a locked pavilion. Mm. Uh, and it's not a nice place. Yeah. <laughs> Let me be absolutely honest. Uh, and there is a reason why they have locks on, on the door there. Uh, because they need to keep those people in yeah. and, and, and under surveillance and control so that they are not danger to themselves or danger to people around them. But 
the, that is just one pav or two pavilions for the entire sanatorium. And then there are 18 pavilions, <laughs> which yeah. are completely open. Yeah. Uh, people are not kept there by force. The, the, many of them check themselves in because they were looking for help. Partly because there is a slightly uh, healthier approach to mental illness uh, in a European society than it is in America. It's not such a taboo. It it still is. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. But uh, and there are prejudices against it and so on. But even a small grade increase of uh, enlightenment in that area is is helpful because then people uh, and the other thing is if if you just see uh, mental institutions like here we have in america which are completely locked they they look like prisons then you don't go to check yourself in <laughs> Right. Because you know that it'll be highly curtailing, highly controlling, a very unpleasant experience. But when you visit a place like Stony Point Sanatorium, most likely used to be, or was designed to be, or that sanatorium I know from Prague, you are not that fearful. You know that, that yeah. there is a freedom. You, you you have your prescribed treatments and other things, but you can also walk around. Yeah. You uh, you you can be a gardening the beds of roses there. Yeah. You know, keeping the grounds, uh, yeah. working in a farm, riding a horse. Uh, they have a famous uh, theater festival there. Mm. Uh, in the summer, when the theaters in downtown are closed, uh, the local gifted residents in the sanatorium, with the help of their friends and colleagues from downtown, are producing a marvelous uh, theater festival, oh, wow. which is being you know, commented, it is on, on a TV, it is being uh, reported in the newspapers and, and so on. Uh, and uh, why would you not, you know, if you are tormented by depression, you know, or by some other uh, uh, bipolar yeah. illness, why won't you seek help? Yeah. And, and receive it in a civilized manner and in a beautiful place. So that, that, that's, the, that, that, that's the way my first-hand experience with that, how it was there. My first-hand experience with hiking through completely dilapidated place. And then my first-hand experience with homeless people on the streets of New York. And I would say 80% of them have some psychiatric history. Yes. It's not that they are lazy or whatever. It's it's simply because they don't know or they have no way of fitting within our structures. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just painful. And that's the beginning. Then from my colleagues who go to prisons, I hear the same story. Yeah. That our prisons are actually functioning as, as, as a mental institutions. Right. Also to a large extent. And it is dangerous for everyone involved. Yeah. And, and then 
Another first-hand experience with psychiatry in America is from my upstate New York parish. I was there, and uh, after a few years, I learned about the state hospital on the outskirts. So I went there, and uh, because someone from Midwest called me that the daughter is there, hospitalized with schizophrenia and asked me to, to visit. So I visited her until she died uh, relatively young uh, in, in four or five years since I was visiting her. I would be visiting her like quarterly or mm -hmm. uh, something like that. And, uh, but the visits were really highly depressing because I was going to visit and uh, I would call it well-rounded schizophrenic. First thing she wanted to do with me was to play chess huh. <laughs> when I visited. But visiting her was like going to into a prison, mm -hmm. like entrance into that building was through double door. Yeah. Like you go through the, you, you ring the bell, they open for you one door oh, uh, with uh, that uh, wire glass, you know, and, and a high, heavy door. You get inside, you are in between the doors. You need to ring again or they check on you that you are alone there. Yeah. And, and then you go through the second set of the door. Wow. That's the entrance to the building. Yeah. Then you need to go to the fifth floor. Uh, and and the procedure repeats. Each floor is separated wow. from another floor by the similar set of two doors where you need to communicate with a nurse or whoever wow. is in charge uh, on video phones or those uh, things. And, 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 and I was thinking, you know, in, in Prague, this, uh, this beautiful young schizophrenic woman would be in that open pavilion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah almost certainly. You know, I'm, I'm not her psychiatrist. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't know her entire history and, and, and so on. But, you know, there was absolutely no reason yeah. for her to be in a facility like that. But that is... The other extreme, the, this is the psychiatry we right now have, yeah. completely locked. So either it is an ambulatory care, if you have your mindset to visit your uh, psychiatrist regularly to, to, for prescription and take them yourself regularly and, and, and so on and so forth. Or the other uh, option is uh, this uh, state hospital which looks like prison. Well. If you don't end up of being in a real prison, <laughs> which is even scarier, right? right. Uh, for for you know being homeless and pickpocketing or uh, yeah. stealing uh, in a grocery store and and ending up in uh, for winter in a real prison or in a in a real jail, and 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 I think that. We, 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 we should do something better. We, 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 we should be able well, to. That's the question, I guess. How, how could we not have learned from 
the past 50 years when that, you know, journalists did do that, you know, okay, there's some problems here. Why haven't we learned how to do this over these past 50 years correctly to, you know, to the point where, you're, you know, you're, you're doing the care properly for certain people. Yeah, there's certain people that need because to be locked. Because it costs money. I, I think uh. that the, the money is one, of, one dimension of it. The, the, the good psychiatric care, those sanatoria and, and so on, uh, it's, it's expensive. But I, I think it's differently expensive of having the homeless people riding a subway right. and, and using subway for what, is, what it was not designed to be, to be a shelter. Yeah. For instance, it can be a shelter in the case of the Russian attack on Kiev. Yeah. You know, then the subway should be a shelter. <laughs> yeah. You know, but not for an homeless people. That is not how it was intended. That's not how ninety uh, percent of citizens or more are using it. We want to get from one point to another to be there on time and so on, and not being stopped in a train in the middle of the tunnel because uh, the police is assisting some homeless person uh, who tried to jump under the train or was pushing someone under the train or these kind of things, uh, and. Uh, it uh, then the subway is functioning it was not designed to function the police is functioning the way the, the police was never trained and intended right. to function because they are law enforcement they are not social workers they are not uh, the they, they are not psychiatric nurses <laughs> you know or mm-hmm. psychiatrists or doctors uh, it's it's just absolutely insane uh that's right. Uh, so uh, then, then you mentioned uh, that, that that situation with our current mayor trying to do something about it yes. and, and and forcing people, and and as much as I don't like him much personally, uh, there is something to be said about it. But I think that the entire atmosphere in a society needs to change. That's why we started, or I started this discussion that way, that. We need to illuminate one another, all of us, to, to understand that psychiatric illness is just an illness, that there is a treatment, that there are humane ways of treating those people. Yes. Some people can be treated in their homes, some people can be treated in those open sanatoria, some yeah. people uh, need to be in the lock uh, sanatoria. And, and the further you go from there, the nastier it gets, frankly. Yeah. You, you know, and it is uh, not for journalists to make a cheap and easy, uh, shocking uh, documentary about it. Uh, because, you, you know, we don't do that to an, uh, victims of an, a car accident when they are completely torn and half of their limbs are amputated by... Uh, torn metal of their cars or mm-hmm. something like that. We, we don't allow that. Yes. We don't allow that for the physical injury. Why do we allow that for a uh, psychological or psychiatric injury? That's a good question. That's, uh, th- th- that's part of that, I think. Uh, and um, closing it was easy. 
instead of reforming it, uh, installing right. better supervision, giving it more money. Right. 19th century was more open-minded towards uh, prisoners or towards the psychiatrically ill people than we are now. Yeah. It's true that sometimes their experiments were <laughs> we learn later were not ideal, but at least they were trying. Yeah. But we are living in some kind of an inertia. And for this reason I kind of uh, agree with the mayor here. Yeah, shocking. Uh, shockingly. Yeah, yeah. And and I know that you know it it probably sounds strange to Americans but there are, there are situations where the personal freedom needs to be limited if you are becoming a danger to yourself or to your neighbors. Yeah. And uh and there are ways of say uh, telling that or discerning it, putting it apart to one extent, and there are ways of doing it humanely. Yeah. So I'm not advocating for uh, just opening more those completely secluded uh, psychiatric hospitals which look like prisons where everyone is under lock or under double lock. Uh, I think that there should be an affluent scale of help and support. Uh, and, and it should go from uh, ambulatory home care all the way through these uh, highly secure hospitals. But it should be the full scale. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it should include uh, substance abuse as a psychiatric problem. That's the other mm -hmm. thing, that uh, here it is, again, not recognized as such. And only the wealthy ones go to rehab centers, so they can afford it. Uh, the, the, the poor ones usually need to figure out uh, how to survive, or then, and they, again, end up in prisons or, or dead yeah. by, by abuse. Uh, yeah success with treating that even with a top-notch psychiatry is not big yeah <laughs> but it's still worthy of of trying because you know in in every person is a, a spark of hope yes and uh, yes. interestingly my personal experience is that people who are psychiatrically ill are very often highly gifted people <laughs> yes and uh and similar can be said to some degree about those who are in a vicious cycle of substance abuse yes and and giving up on them we are actually cutting the branch upon which we are all sitting because we are depriving ourselves of, of, 
of a marvelous insights of our neighbors and, right. and, and contributions. And their and, gifts that they could be giving us. And their us. gifts, yeah, yeah. And so we owe it to them. Yes. And uh, they will come good on it back to us, I'm yes. pretty certain. Yes. And we will be eventually all beneficiaries. Yes. If we if we start trying. Yes. And I don't know where to start. You know, I I I started in in our church. You probably hear that uh, a number of times in our church. But uh, I I'm making a point that at least a monthly we will we will include uh, mental illness in uh, in in our uh, in in our prayers. Yeah. And 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 talks in a church. So so that we can uh, enlighten <laughs> yes illuminate people more That's right. uh, about it and and starting from the little uh, of of a one small congregation and 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 hoping that that we can reach out to more people and and that there there'll be this change because frankly we all in one way or another during our life will come across uh, an episode yes. where we would seriously benefit from having an psychiatric help. Yes. And here I am intentionally talking about psychiatry, not necessarily psychotherapy. Yes. You know, psychotherapy is quite big business in New York City. I don't know how it is. It's a little less elsewhere, because here we are like uh, in sardines canned in yeah. <laughs> into the city, and so yeah. uh, so we you, you know we we all have <laughs> our, our bruises and, yeah. <laughs> and fits and and so on, and we need uh, all of that, uh, or we are more aware of it. But uh, here, I mean the, the proper depression, yeah, or. It's very well known that in certain circumstances, uh, absolutely healthy person will have an uh, uh, epileptic attack. Yeah, that's more towards for that. That's not necessarily the purely psychiatric. It's more neurological. But you know, there is a fluent uh, boundary in between these two. Uh, I'm using it as an example. Yeah. Uh, so, um, it's, it's just, it's natural. Yeah. Like we don't feel, I, I spoke openly about having an uh, infection of COVID. Yeah. Uh, in just two episodes ago or something like that. Uh, um, uh, you know, if, 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 if you have an, uh, flu, you you stay home and you try to treat it. Yeah. Uh, if you break a leg, you seek a doctor, <laughs> yeah. orthopedist. Uh, you know, if you are short sighted, you go to see ophthalmologist. Uh, having problems with your teeth, you go to a dentist. Uh, so having depression or uh, having mania or having <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, hearing voices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing, which which we the people have tendency of dissimulating. Yes, uh, I I know that people hear voices, uh, probably much more than they are willing to admit. Right. 
the 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 problem there becomes uh, on on what kind of voices there are. Yeah. If there are scary voices, if there are yeah. threatening voices, uh, if there are voices uh, telling them to do something which is clearly dangerous, then it is to be uh, uh, treated, or to, yeah. then it is a time to 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 be uh, dealt engaged, with. dealt engaged, with, yeah. you know, treated, dealt with, uh, engaged. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Um, and I think the first thing is just, you know, for us is just coming together and talking about this. Yes, yeah. You know, and talking about this in the church and, and praying about it, but also like having maybe bigger discussions uh, uh, about it, you know, and especially people in the neighborhood who are, who are dealing with... Destigmatizing it. Destigmatizing it. Destigmatizing it. That and, would and be the first step. For me, the the, the window uh, of to, to that was... Um, through through my interest in uh, Julian Jaynes and and that society which is uh, he was a Princeton uh, psychologist uh, of consciousness uh-huh. and and he had an interesting perspective on hearing voices you know he said that the, in biblical times everyone heard voices yeah. <laughs> you know those were uh, and as as the mental uh, framing of, of, of human mind and culture shifted and language shifted, then it shifted somehow differently. Yeah. So, uh, frankly, hearing voices is actually hearing your, uh, that there is some kind of a disconnect in your brain and you are, uh, you are sort of hearing your own thoughts coming from outside. As if they were coming from outside. Right. I mean, for, for that specific switch which happened there. Right. Uh, dissociation of your own thoughts. Th- that was his theory. I think it is pretty close uh, to correct. Uh, and uh, and interestingly, uh, f- through the research, it became uh, obvious that uh, people, especially exposed to some uh, abuse or difficult situations, uh, maybe as a self-preservation uh, strategy of a brain uh, are more uh, commonly than having this dissociation of thoughts. Mm. So they start hearing them from outside mm-hmm. for a trauma. Uh, either it is a blunt trauma, <laughs> like being hit, or partly psychological or psychiatric trauma. Uh, and... Uh, that that switch is triggered in their brains, and and they and many people can live with with hearing voices. As I said, the more problem is if they start to be accusatory or uh, dangerous, uh, angry, evil, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. Uh, then then there are n- more needs for for treating it. Right. And uh, so, so really, you know, being like open-minded and, and learning more and not uh, stigmatizing yes. uh, all of this. And uh, I, 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 I don't know, I, I just, I'll go now home and I'll again meet my two or three homeless people. <laughs> yeah, on the way. Uh, on, on my way. And, 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 and we'll greet them and, and make sure that, that, that you know, uh, 
at least partly some of them uh, have what uh, all they need you yeah. know and and this evening we will be feeding many of them yeah uh because that's what uh, they are recording on thursday and on yeah. thursday evening we have here a meal program where we are serving 100 people from the street yeah you know some of them real homeless some of them uh just uh you know, seriously challenged, yeah. uh, who still are in some homes, perhaps, or, or shelters, but come for us for a, for a meal. Yeah. So, um, I, I, I know them and I, I, I'm broken hearted. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I guess, the, the, you know, like we're saying, the first step is talking mm -hmm. and coming together. Yeah. about this because we're all dealing with it yeah and and this thank you for for actually the, the bringing it up and and um, and challenging me to to, to speak about it yes. because this is one of the ways of of broadening that spectrum from uh Radger's sanctuary and and frankly to make it a little bit more religious yeah. is those are the people Jesus cared about. That's it. You know, they, they call it demons yeah. back then. And, and it is, again, uh, these days stigmatizing. But back then it was not stigmatizing. I think that we talked about it in one of our earlier episodes that uh, labeling it as a demon was actually a way to dissociate that illness from that person. Right. That person was good. That person yeah. was only possessed by something which was coming uh, as an evil. Right. And right. there was a way of getting rid of that evil so that that person can live a yeah. full life in a society. Yeah. And sometimes it is for the society to accept that, to accept some departures from what we consider normal normalcy yeah uh, sometimes it is to accommodate to them and provide some sheltered areas like those sanatoria and sometimes it is a serious treatment in those locked hospital wings right. but uh, you know so that there is this full spectrum of treatment yes. and and in our uh, in us, an open heart towards those people. That's it. And that's a good way to end. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>